Welcome to episode three of the Monday Funday podcast. I am your host, Ahmed Al-Qadri, and if you speak Arabic, Ahmed Al-Qadri. Yeah, today has been uh, a really good morning. Uh, I was going to start recording earlier this morning, but I got an audition and had to record that real quick. Auditions are one of the most awkward experiences that you have to do. Self-tape, especially the ones where you have to audition in front of casting directors. Like, imagine they, they, they want you to, like, just the, the most basic action. And they're going to watch hundreds of people that look like you to do that basic action. For example, like right now, I just did a self-tape for, uh, for an FBI trainee. And they wanted me to just do push-ups and sit-ups and stuff. And it's just right now, there are some casting directors who are looking at about a minute and 30 seconds of me just doing jumping jacks, push-ups, and sit-ups and stuff. And it's not like, it's just, <sighs> with background, with no background noise. It's so awkward. Now, imagine doing that pre-pandemic when I was going to auditions. Pre-pandemic, I had to do the most random stuff. They wanted me to, like, pretend like I was holding a phone and then, like, slowly look at, like, pretend like I'm looking at soccer players kicking a ball around. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> looking through. And then, like, I get out of the room and there's just hundreds of other brown guys that are just, like, practicing <laughs> their thumbs up and smiles, whatever. All for, like, that one big job. But I will say, when you do land that commercial, it's a pretty good feeling. Uh... Hence why I tell my credit before I go on stand-up, they say, you've seen them on Hulu. I'm not on a TV show on Hulu. I've just been on a commercial that airs on Hulu. It's a honey commercial. You know, that Google add-on. Well, I was also on Love Connection, that show. Love Connection is a dating show that Andy Cohen revamped. Revamped, whatever. He brought it back to life. And I'm on season two, episode eight. Yeah, I was 24 years old. I think you guys could find a clip of me on that show on YouTube. My hair was looking great. That's probably the best I've ever looked ever as a human being. You know, that's like my peak sexiness. Solid eight. (laughs) Now you're looking at a strong six who's funny. So I'm doing great. Yeah, uh, I will say, like, now that I was reviewing, uh, like, episodes of the podcast, I notice uh, all these verbal tics that I have, and I'm trying my best to not do that. So that's why you guys can hear me talk slowly. But, hey, I'm getting in my head about this. Probably so. But it beats being an accountant. I would rather be dealing with the technical issues of everything and learn and wait hours of uploading the footage and trying to figure out the best way to promote this podcast and stuff. I would rather be doing this than doing accounting right now, (laughs) seriously. So ideally, it's one of those things where you just take a moment, you, you think, you know, I'm very grateful for the position I am right now because, you know, life is not about you know, no problems. It's about what kind of problems you would rather be dealing with. So I'd rather be dealing with these type of problems rather than like, oh, I got to do some month end stuff while my mind is somewhere else, which was pretty much me, my whole accounting career. Don't worry. Hopefully my employers won't watch this or listen to this, but then they're going to listen to it. They're going to be like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. 
Anyways, yeah, I, I'm just really grateful for doing this. Speaking of the podcast, thank you all so much. Let me let me pull up the names right now because we have some new Patreon members, new breadcrumbs. Shout out to Miriam, uh, Josser, and Elijah. You guys, you guys are the real MVPs. Thank you guys so much. And I know it is it is. I promise a the breadhead tier some stickers, but I'm also sending stickers and thank you cards to uh, the breadcrumbs tiers too. I'm sending them this sticker. This is like a from Daniel Duenas design it some emoji stickers we could show it this angle too and this new one shout out to mike falzone he helped create this sticker this design called the monday funday podcast design i should put it right here or something if you can respond to your messages i asked uh what's the best way to send it to you guys because i'm really grateful for you guys join the breadcrumb join the community you know uh man uh speaking of having no job uh, I, I've been really enjoying this unemployment life. It's very interesting. Imagine you have 40 hours a week of just free time and you not have to worry about a job for the first time in many, many years. I just wake up. I'm like, all right, I have no job. Oh, I'm my own employer. Oh, okay. Week one, you're just like, yeah, I'm having a good time. You know, I'm feeling good. By like week three, you're just like, am I going to be able to pay my rent? And then my roommate's like, Am I gonna have to pay his rent? <laughs> no, but so far so good. It's been uh, it's been a really good experience. Week two is when it really like you it really sits in. You're just like, I don't have a paycheck coming in this week. Oh, gas prices is six dollars a gallon. Okay. Oh, my car just got broken into. Okay. <laughs> you just call your mom. It's like, hey, mama, uh, can I start selling feet pics? You know. It has to be okay in our religion. It might be in the footnotes or something of the book. How dare I go for a cheap joke, huh? Yeah, uh, my car got broken into last week. I, I drove down to San Francisco. I, I, I was going from LA straight to Oakland, and I parked in front of my first show, and I did my spot, and I had to go to another spot all the way in SF. Uh, in San Francisco and I couldn't take my car because I want to have time so I just like left my car there but like I, was, I knew like I had a feeling it was gonna get broken into so I just grabbed my like my backpack I put my laptop my camera uh, my tr like I grabbed my tripod like pretty much all the really expensive stuff my m trunk was filled with boxes of merch so there was no way I could have grab those boxes with me to on the train and everywhere so i just left in the trunk and i covered it with because the prius has like a cover whatever and then i had my last uh, and then I had two more items it was like my fanny pack which i put under my driver's seat and then my my bag it's like a, a duffel bag if you will and it was filled with just of my clothes and i put that like in the back seat <laughs> and then i did the best type of security you could do I placed it and I said, Bismillah, like in the name of Allah. Don't worry, guys. God will help me. I did what I can. And then I drove, uh, you know, I took the train, went to the show. The shows went great, by the way. I mean, I love performing in San Francisco. The, the first time I did it was a year ago. I love San Francisco crowds. It's just that city. Overall, the IQ, average IQ is higher. The average IQ, obviously, there's a lot of dumb people there, but or everywhere. But 
just the overall average IQ is there because they're just smarter people there from tech companies, startups to uh, even college, UC Berkeley, just like all around across the board, there's smarter people. Like they're more of a material crowd rather than a crowd work crowd. Like you could talk to the crowd, they're fine with it, but they, they're like, when you point someone out, they're just like, mm, I want to hear your jokes, you know, and they appreciate well-written jokes. So also shout out to all the people that I've met in San Francisco. Thank you so much for coming out to the show. It was very nice meeting some fellow breadcrumbs. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun experience. I really like San Francisco. So anyways, back to the story. I, I do the show. Uh, I get a ride with my friend Murad and he's like, hey, I'm on my way back to my place. I was staying with him and I'll uh, drop you off at your car. And then I get to my car and I, I and on the way I like took an edible. So I'm feeling like really good about myself. I'm like, I just had a good set. This edible's kicking in. I'm feeling good. And then I go to my car. I see my window broken and I'm just like, no, I knew this was going to happen. So he, I see that he grabbed the duffel bag from the back seat. He put it on the passenger side and he's looking through my clothes. He didn't steal anything because, uh, I only wear Target brand clothes. Like I go to Target and I buy my clothes from there. I like going to Target and buying clothes because it's good material and there's no logos on there, you know? Especially when you're doing stand up or when you're filming stuff, they usually appreciate it if you don't have any, you don't wear anything with logos. And plus I just like basic color clothing. And then he stole but he did steal my fanny pack cuz I'm pretty sure the things inside the fanny pack, he's not going to use what? Like my contacts, uh, my Rogaine. <laughs> Guys, I'm revealing my age to you right now. Oh, my Flonase. That one, yeah, that, that kind of bothered me. I really needed my Flonase. How can you steal a man's Flonase? Yeah, but the most damage was the window breaking. But uh, fortunately, I had my laptop and camera with me. So it's the little things. And the best part was I posted on my story and, and my TikTok and some people like shout out to some of you might be li maybe listening. Thank huge. Thank you so much for sending me money through Venmo because it was I was able to pay off the window and a little bit of extra money to do uh, Uber rides and replace my my other items that were stolen so so grateful to you guys seriously because i went from like super sad super bummed out to oh my god i have the best community in the world i have the best friends in the world i am supported with people who love me and 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 i feel appreciated so it was it was just like a nice moment to have you know if you go to that page in my journal you'll see you'll, you'll see dried tears of joy there Aside from my car getting broken into, the rest of the trip, so much fun. Uh, I went and had mochi donuts the next day, and I, the most delicious piece of donuts I've ever had. Turns out we have some in LA. I had no idea. Uh, Ramadan starts in like a week or so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be loading up on those donuts. I'm just gonna be eating donuts every day, because once you start fasting, you, you just you just lose so much weight. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Ramadan. I think it starts next week, April second. Oh boy, oh boy! Every time Ramadan starts, I'm like, it's been a year already, really. And then you just the the rest of the week, you're just or week or so, you're just mentally preparing. Okay, I'm gonna have to not eat or drink. I mean, the first two weeks, you're oh no, the first week, first two weeks is good. I want to say week three, week four, you it really starts to hit you. You're really like. 
very tired. You start getting headaches. But spiritually, you feel full. So that's why you do it. It teaches, it, it kind of like resets you, puts you back into, re, like not reality, puts you back into like, yeah, in reality, in a sense where you're letting go of all the material things and the most essential material thing, or not, I don't want to say material, but what, by getting rid of the most essential thing, which is food, water, and shelter. <laughs> shelter? That'd be funny if during Ramadan you have to fast by getting rid of your shelter. Like, just Muslims just become homeless <laughs> from sunrise to sunset. It's like, all right, it's sundown. I could go back to my shelter now. <laughs> so dumb. No, you could, uh, yeah, you're abstaining from food and water, and then you're just constantly hungry and thirsty the rest of the day but then you were like why am i doing this oh yeah i'm doing this for the sake of allah and i'm doing this for the sake of allah because it's helping me as a person and you're being more closer to your spiritual self blah 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 blah, blah. yeah so i'm really excited i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna try this next week and i'm gonna share it with you guys i'm gonna try to write like specific goals that i want to accomplish during the month of ramadan i should really take a moment and really think about what are the qualities or personality traits that I have that I want to change but again San Francisco <laughs> I gotta keep I keep like diversion but San Francisco was fun anyways I wanted to share this I, I wrote this piece of dating uh, it's not I think I'd say it's a dating advice even though I kind of like steer away from dating advice because I don't I don't I'm not really good at relationships and dating for being real I have to be honest with myself but I know a thing or two about it because uh, I've tried it. So here's 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 a piece of advice. So when I say this was back in like I just graduated college, I was 21, and I got a new job, and I haven't start I haven't found Dallas Comedy House yet. But I remember just going out with uh, going out, and like I was going on a date. I went on a date with this girl, and I think it went well, but I was just nervous the whole time right? And the whole time, my problem was, I was just like, I hope she likes me. I need to get this girl to like me, like, just saying whatever I can just to impress her. And then I came back and we set up another day. But before that second day, I was with my friend and I was talking to him. I was just like, dude, like, I don't know if she likes me. Like, I hope she does like trying to think of things to get her to like me. And then he just like, put my his hand on my shoulder. And he was like, Ahmed, like, before you even like, ask yourself, like, do I need to get her to like me? Just Ask yourself this, do you even like this person? Like, do you even like her? And that just like, like even though it's such a simple advice, it, it had so much meaning to me at least because it just alleviated so much pressure on myself. It alleviated so much stress for no reason. I stressed myself for no reason because of that. And, and when he told me that, it, like I said, it was just... It just changes the perspective. It gives you the power. It gives you the control. It gives you the power of saying like, wait a minute, do I even like this person? Do I even, am I even interested in her? It's a great piece of dating advice. It, and dare I say, life advice, because you could even use it when you're interviewing for a job. Do I even, do I even wanna be in this job? Do I even wanna work at this company? That's a, yeah, gosh, that was such a great piece of advice that I still use to this day. When it comes to anything, even like comedy show, like for my comedy career, that when I do get a become a part of, like I'm talking about like a comedy festival or a com or honestly like a comedy circle, 
you know, circle of comedy. It happens. This is such inside baseball. I'm just going to say sometimes the comedy community is very uh, clicky, you know. And the best way to just get your head out of it is to just be yourself. Just focus on your little community. Focus on building your little breadcrumb community and don't worry about anything else. It's kind of like what Conan said. Work hard, be kind, and good things will happen. I think I've quoted this at least every episode, but I mean, you know, I really mean it. The other advice I wanted to share, this is more of a comedy thing, but I hope, but this is more to help you uh, in a broader sense. So uh, this was about a year, a year ago. Fortunately, like because uh, comedy and TikTok stuff started growing, I started getting more opportunities for bigger comedy shows with bigger audiences or the quality of the audience where I was getting invited for shows and there was industry in the crowd or getting invited to shows where there were bigger comedians on the lineup. And I was having a lot of pre-show anxiety. Uh, You're about to go on stage or you're at the show. You're not even... Yeah, you're not even about to go on stage and you're you're you just feel your heart rate just beating really fast and it's you're having shorter breaths and you're just like having trouble breathing and then you know you're like oh wow the comic who's before me he's up right now or she's up right now oh okay the crowd is doing good am i going to do better like you just think all these like anxious thoughts and it's getting harder to breathe and then What's even bad is if you don't control it enough, you go on stage, the anxiety is still there, and then you just start, you mess up on stage, you flub your joke, there's tension in your face, and then the audience sees that, and you don't want that, you want to be comfortable, because that's the best way to do comedy, you know? There is no fun when you're just anxious all the time. So I was having a lot of pre-show anxiety with a lot of these shows. And I called my friend, uh, his fellow comedian, uh, Osama Siddiqui. I gave him a call and I was like, man, like I've been having a lot of pre-show anxiety. Like, how do you handle it? How do you get rid of it? And he he said, pre-show anxiety never goes away, but take a moment and look at the crowd. Do some specific exercises to help, like, to help alleviate the stress or anxiety from performing. So everyone has a mantra. Uh, for him, he gave me his mantra, which was like, "They're here for me. I'm here for them." Uh, get up on stage. Really, just take a moment. Look at the crowd. Take a deep breath. Say, "How you doing?" After you do your set, look at the, uh, you know. Thank the host, shake your hand, be grateful, get off stage and be, you know. It was so, like, when he gave me these pieces of advice, like, he, it really did help me a lot. So now, like, I created, like, my own mantra and I created my own little ritual before I get on stage. Like, uh, before Ryan's uh, special, I was feeling that, like, heartbeat being fast. You're like, oh my God, there's so many people. This is a big show. They're taping this. What I did was I thought about the la- like the hardest I've ever killed. Like, that one show where I did so well and you know you just feel like a rock star you feel elevated I think about that show and there's a couple shows for me one in particular was I want to say March 4th or March 5th it was like of 2020 it was right before the pandemic where I came back from LA and and this was like my first time doing a spot after being so gone like after leaving Texas Um, I come back and all my a lot of my friends and family and and peers were there because they wanted to see me how I did how I was what I was doing in LA and then it was great because I crushed so hard (laughs) it was one of the best sets I've ever had in my life it was like 15 minutes I crushed so hard that the headliner had a tough time following me 
And I think about that. I was thinking about that set. Or one time at the J-Spot Comedy Club and where I had a really good set over there. So I was thinking about like the different times that I had a really like crush and had a good set. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm a good comedian. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know what I'm doing. And then I, and then sometimes like, like anxiety is basically, you know, feeling things that haven't happened yet. So instead, just try to feel a more positive thing that hasn't happened yet. So in a sense where I was feeling this pre-show, and I go, no, I'm going to get on stage and they're going to be happy to see me. I'm going to be happy to see them. And we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a great time. A lot of it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just another show. Like I'm going to be doing comedy for the rest of my life. So if I bombed, then it's just another story of, hey, remember that one time you bombed? Even think about the times that I did bomb. Bombing means like you tanked, like you didn't do good. Um, yeah, I bombed like early January. I bombed so hard, dude. And then I think about it and I go, oh yeah, the last time I bombed. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like in the end, like a lot of these things is just, we built it in our heads. We're like, oh my God, this is like the end all be all, or like this is going to make or break my career, you know? But that's just how it is with just comedy now. Like nothing really makes or breaks your career. Back then, if you got on Johnny Carson, that would make your career. Or if you got on, or even getting on the Joe Rogan podcast. But now if you get on that podcast, it's not going to really build. Like nothing really is the end all be all for your career. So, you know, pre-show anxiety never goes away. You can only treat it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's the best way to uh to really like form this advice into words but yeah um those are the two pieces of advice that i wanted to share um yeah nothing is the end all be all life moves on and nothing really matters as much as you think as much as you think it does you know unless you're a doctor and you're dealing with life and death situations that's that's important you know but i'm a fucking comedian all right I post silly videos and then argue with 12-year-olds whether it's funny or not. And then I get on stage and talk about my thoughts and try to relate. (laughs) It really doesn't matter, you know. Now, we have a couple people that shared their life advice on the email. Uh, Let's check it out. All right. This one's from Ryan Gilderman. Best piece of advice I've ever gotten was, no matter what, just be you. Because that's the only thing they can't duplicate duplicate is an authentic you unless you suck as a person then do everything in your power to be something else well all right cool thank you so much for sharing ryan gilderman uh big shout out to ryan i've known ryan for many years he was one of the first comedians i met when i first moved here great guy uh i don't think he does comedy anymore but hey he's a comedy fan and that's just as important yeah i 100 percent agree with you just be yourself i mean it's like the most it's it's so simple and it's so um, I don't want to say cliche, but it, yeah, it's so simple. But sometimes the simplest pieces of advice have the most meaning. It really, is just be yourself because if you try to, it's kind of like it's kind of like the first piece of advice that I was talking about about like me, you know, trying to get this girl to like me. Which rather I could just be my authentic self. If she doesn't want me, she doesn't want me. You know. But in the end, it's like I know who I am as a person if I'm just being my authentic self and I change the perspective of do I even like this person, then I give the con- it's the more power of does she fit into my life or do I or do I fit into her life being me, you know? 
It's like that jigsaw puzzle, you know? Like I said, something else, not someone else. Yeah. Yeah, if you suck as a if you suck as a person, you should know by now, right? There are people who are so unaware of who they are as a person, and that blows my mind. There's no self-awareness whatsoever. And then when a person tells them, hey, you're kind of being an asshole, they're just like, no, I'm not. It's like, what? You don't want to admit it? There's two types of people in the world. The type of person that thinks nothing is their problem and then the person that thinks everything is their problem. And I'm a nice, unhealthy balance of both. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, this one is from Miriam, sub Miriam. She's a fellow breadcrumb. Shout out to her. I don't know if this counts, but I always have this inner monologue going on where I talk myself out of BS. My brain thinks to put me down. I have a bad habit of comparing myself with others, but then I tell myself that where I come from, my circumstances were different. They're different now, as are my goals. I may be in a similar place as someone else, but we're not just in the same place. Their circumstances, their goals, and their aspirations are completely different from mine. So I don't have to worry that I'm not doing enough or compare myself to them because I am doing enough. I'm doing so much more than I could imagine I could ever do. The only person I have to compare myself is to my past self. Sometimes the, the bare minimum that I think I'm doing is actually enough. I love this piece of advice. This is amazing. Yeah, I, I completely agree, especially when you do compare yourself to others. Yeah, your brain starts thinking of why you're not good, good enough, but in the end, you really are good enough. It's kind of like that, I think I said this in the first episode of like, you're not late, you're not early, you're on time, you know, this is your life. Everyone has different journeys, some better than others, no, <laughs> every, no, everyone does have like a different journey, like, don't worry about what other people think, I mean, and, and it's not even like, as, again, as cliche as that, it's just about the journey of, it's just really like, Okay, yeah, you're trying to get to that destination, but when you get to a specific certain destination, that's still not going to make you happy, you know? It's like, oh, this person is younger than me, and he got, you know, he or she got a Netflix special. It's like, okay, cool. If I get a Netflix special, is, does that mean all my problems are going to be solved? Does that mean I'm going to be extremely happy and everything is going to be great now? No. In the end, we're still, we're, it's a journey. It's just like, we're all just trying to be the best version of ourselves. And I love that. It's like that exercise of like that New Year's exercise of thinking like, okay, what are all the things I accomplished a year ago? Okay, what are all the things I accomplished when I was 28 years old? Okay, I accomplished this, I accomplished that. It's like a nice pat. Of, that's the nice moment where you pat yourself on the back. You're like, look at me, I'm freaking awesome, right? And then you think, okay, what are the things to better myself? What are the things to you know, to be a better version of that uh, when I am 29, you know? One is definitely stretch more, okay? And then trying uh, to not uh, be so dependent on caffeine. I'm really not, but I'm starting to. I feel it. And also try to stay away from sugary foods. But gosh, I love sweets. I love sweets so much. I'm about to get some mochi donuts after this. Seriously, god damn. Ryan, Miriam, thank you so much for sharing your life advices on the pod. Uh, these are really good pieces of advice. I really uh, appreciate that. Yeah, just to wrap up, um, or I guess to conclude everything, is really just what are the pieces of advice we went over today? 
First one is the dating advice. You know, do I even like this person? Do I want this job? Do I want think 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 a little bit more selfish? You know, you you are in the right time in your life to be selfish. You know, and not selfish in a sense where you're you're uh, not generous. Selfish in a sense where thinking more me. You know, what do I think? What do I need? You know, put yourself first. Uh, that's something I wish my dad uh, d- uh, did more because my dad always, I mean, it's a great quality of his, but it was a blessing and a curse, honestly, as a son. That's how I felt like he always put others before himself to a point where he ignored things that he should take care of for himself. Oh, yeah, I'm actually working on this bit right now uh, or this joke. Uh, my dad, he didn't really take care of himself. Like we tried to get him to like work out more and stuff. He rarely worked out. But when he did, when he would go to the gym, he would go to the gym in swim shorts. And then he would play squash for 30 minutes and then jump in the pool, swim. And then uh, and then he would put a towel on his on his car seat or on the seat of his car and then drive home. And then he's just like, it's efficient, you know. And plus, lock, and he goes, locker rooms make make me uncomfortable, which is true. You know, locker rooms really did make him uncomfortable. I actually remember the first time my brothers and I and my dad, we all went to, uh, it was Lifetime Fitness, and we all went to the locker room for the first time. I was like 13, maybe 14 years old. And it was the first time we were all, my uh, we all went to a locker room. And and for my dad, it was the most. It was a culture shock for all of us. But in different, for my dad and my brother's different version. It was a culture shock for my dad because he didn't realize like he's in a he's in a room full of men who are just changing in front of each other. You know, especially if coming from Yemen, you would never do that. It has to be like you know very private. And it was a culture shock for me and my brothers because there was just so many dicks everywhere, dude. And we couldn't stop laughing. It was the funniest thing we've ever experienced. We were just like, that's a big one. That's a short one. Look at that. And we, my brothers and I, we were crying, crying of laughter. Like we're these preteen kids dying of laughter of all the dicks that was just all over the place. And the harder my brothers and I were laughing, the angrier my dad was getting. Like he was like smacking our heads in public. He was like, don't look, don't look. Why are you looking? Like, why are you looking? Like everybody, we were just like, oh my God, this is awesome. This is, this is awesome. This is hilarious. Dude, my dad was so uncomfortable that day. And he didn't, and this is true, like till, like, till his death, he didn't like us. When we would go to the gym, he didn't want us to go to locker rooms. He was just like, no men there to go do bad things there like maybe maybe he thought that's whatever anyways that's why my dad wears swim shorts to the gym <laughs> but yeah anyways having control of yourself uh also pre-show anxiety you know i'm still i still have pre-show anxiety i did a show last night at the wisdom in la it was really cool it's like some cool hallucinogenic it was like a not a graphic designs but it's basically where you take drugs and you go have a good time and they wanted to throw a comedy show there. And me and a couple comedians were, I was honored to be one of those comedians to perform for their first comedy show. Um, it was fun. It was interesting because a lot of the audience members were, I could, I think they were high. Maybe, make, it was that. And also because you're in a dome. So when you were saying something on stage, like sound would travel and bounce back. So you had to, you kind of like had to wait f- 
for the sound to travel and then the laughter to hit. It was weird because you're in the middle and you're in the center on stage surrounded by people. So it was a very interesting show. It was fun, though. I had a really good time. And everybody, the audience enjoyed it. You know, some stickers were passed out and some stickers were taken. So it was a good show. Who knows? Maybe they're listening to this podcast now. And if you are, thanks for joining the Breadcrumb Nation, dude. So again, shout out to Ryan and Miriam for sharing their uh, life advice. If you have a life advice that you would like to share, email mondayfundaypodcast at gmail.com. And again, subscribe to my Patreon. I'm going to be dropping a little behind the scenes video. See, um, you know, trying to, I'm thinking of more uh, pieces of content. And I think either the next episode or maybe the fifth episode, I'm going to have my first guest. Thank you guys so much for joining, uh, for subscribing. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I understand, uh, no one really listens to long form podcasts unless you're a big fan of, of them or you appreciate them. So the fact that you're listening to this all the way through, means the world to me. So again, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week and happy Monday, fun day podcast with Ahmed Al-Qadri. Bye.